Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy, guess what? What, Robbie? Jimmy. What? I just got off the phone with Robbie Chan, right? No way. I got the scoop. What scoop? I mean, I hope we're not recording so people don't hear this, but on Blue Crown Aquatics website, yes. they're going to be offering a new product that they're making themselves. What is it? So you know how we have all this trouble with biological bacteria in a bottle that gets sent to Petco and freezes in the mail? And it's and worthless. It's worthless. It's not even the good stuff that you put in your fridge, right? Yep. He's making some super sauce. What? Right? Super sauce that you have to keep in your fridge, and it's going to be good for about nine months. No way. Holla. When's it coming out? I'm not sure. They're uh, trying to come up with uh, some schnazzy names. So uh, if you hear this, since we're totally not recording, <coughs> send us a message on the Aquarium Guys podcast on what you think a good name for biological bacteria in a bottle should be. Poop juice. Poop juice. Poop juice. There, that's, that's what I want. Poop juice probably will get rejected, although we'd, we'd love it. So, so, again, send your submissions. You can there tell us in the Discord, our email address, or call it in saying, I think Blue Crown Aquatic should make poop juice. Bacteria crack. Bat- <laughs> bat- crack. I'd say bat crack, but that doesn't even sound no. better. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, never mind, there's a lot of drug addicts out there that probably like crack. They would try it, and so, hey, additional sales, I'm just trying to help. If you're getting high on Prime, maybe you can get high on this. Oh, people huffing on Prime. Boy. <laughs> oh, boy. There we go again. Recommended do not huff prime. Do not. So, again, until then, because this is just, they're, they're getting ready, right? This is an insider leak. No one knows. We're the first ones to totally not squeak this out because we're not recording. But go to Blue Crown Aquatics website and remember that they have free shipping using our promo code AquariumGuys. Free and- shipping. Holy crap. Yeah, nobody else does free shipping like these guys right now. Also, we are giving away four $25 gift certificates next week, correct? That is, and you you have just this week from when you listen to this podcast to the next time, and we're going to air this probably next Wednesday evening, or no, next Tuesday evening because of the holidays. We have to do a podcast ahead of time. That's for right. You've got Thanksgiving coming up next week. So you have basically until Tuesday around 2 p.m. Central to get your name in there. So throw get your, it in. Throw your name in the hat. They're giving away $25 gift certificates. If you use our promo code, you're going to get free shipping. Free shipping. Free shipping. They'll not. They won't ship your pants, but they'll ship your shrimp. Ship your shrimp. Ship your shrimp. Ship your, at bluecrownaquatics.com. That's right. That's and, right. And I'm sure they're really excited that we're doing that. So we have to talk about the charity, of course, Ohio Fish Rescue. He just put out a video today. What? Yes. I have not seen well, this. We knew about this about last week. Yes. The special city in Ohio has cited him with city uh, violations of too much crap in his yard. What? So apparently he's got this space in the backyard that's all covered. No one can see it. But apparently his neighbors complain about it anyway. So the city went over there and told him that he had to move his four-wheelers, his snowmobiles, all kinds of the extra stuff from him evacuating, excavating his pond. And it's just ridiculous the amount of work they had to make him do on on top of this whole fish rescue process. It just puts a lot of more time and monetary pressure on them. So... Was they, it was it the city or was it Delta Airlines? It was the city. Okay, but I, you know, I would bet money that Delta was involved somewhere. They, they, I mean, Schmelta, Schmelta, Schmelta was Airlines. involved somewhere. And Thank Schmel- you. Schmelta will frame you for murder if they can. <laughs> um, I think that's a quote from John Mulaney. It is. It is. Let's talk about that for a second. No, no. Yes, we gotta we gotta get back to oh. Ohio Fish Rescues needs your help, right? They had a, some people help from the community. They had a good friend of theirs come over with a bobcat trying to move some dirt, but still. They need your financial support. OhioFishRescue.com. There's many ways to donate, even buy a t-shirt. But above all else, call them and tell them you love them. Tell them Robbie and Jim and Adam said we had to call you and say, I love you. In that Big Rich's mullet, super, super sexy. Super sexy. Super sexy. Well, 
I think that's enough. We'll we'll talk more about Schmelta and podcasts in the future, but uh, let's kick that podcast. Let's do it. Guys, I just want to put a disclaimer that this is a live podcast, pre-recorded, of course, but live with the community. They're using the headsets and microphones that they have on hand, so please uh, forgive us for any pops, background noises, anything that we can. We did uh, the best we could, and uh, enjoy the podcast, guys. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys Podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. Welcome, boy and girl, one and all, to the Aquarium Guys podcast. This is going to be a whopper of an episode. A whopper. A whopper of an episode. So, before we uh, go much further, we're your hosts. I'm Robbie Olson. I'm Jim Colby. And we're here to answer your questions. Yes, tonight is the live Discord extravaganza. We're doing a community forum where we have some of our most loyal and favorite fans on Discord live on this podcast, ready to spew questions at us, and above all else, tell Jimmy to never play the didgeridoo again. I can rock the didgeridoo. Play the didgeridoo. Oh, I've rocked that thing. All right, so we're going to do a roll call. Of course, we have Adam, as you just heard. Hi, guys. Before we go down the, the long list of guests, we're so excited and, frankly, very nervous to have our wives along with us. So my wife is Tanessa Olson. Hi, guys. She, uh... She, she's got that soft, sexy voice, you know what I mean? And uh, Jen Colby. My voice is not soft and sexy. No, but it is sexy. And sassy. <laughs> and sassy. All right. Go down the list of who we have right at the moment. We have Anthony. Introduce yourself, sir, with your name, and tell us your favorite fish. Hi, my name's Anthony, and my favorite fish would be Julia DeComas. And where are you uh, calling from? I am in Saginaw, Michigan. Fantastic. So let's do the roll call and continue like that. So next one is uh, Juju. Hello. I'm, uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm from Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, right now I'm in Philadelphia. <laughs> You're in Philadelphia? <laughs> I'm so sorry. What's your favorite fish? Uh, African cichlids. Cichlid lover. Mabuna. All right. And the next one we have is Larry. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, guys. This is Larry. From California, uh, favorite fish, I got too many of them. Rainbows, how's that? Rainbows are the best fish, I have to agree with you, sir. So, and uh, the infamous Mr. Pickle is back in the studio. Hell yeah. Hells <laughs> to the yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Pickles from Canada. My favorite fish is bristlenose pleco. Ooh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something like the, you know, dill pickle juice and you're just going to skip fish entirely. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, and we got we got back now in the podcast. Arthas, uh, introduce yourself, sir. Tell us where you're from and your favorite fish. From New York, my favorite fish has to be my Royal Pleco. Perfect. And we have Nate with us tonight. Where are you from, Nate? Uh, I'm also from Pittsburgh, and my favorite fish is uh, recently I've been nerding out on Blue Galaris. Ooh, nice choice. So, as an honorary. You know, aquarium guy this evening to help answer questions. We also have Robbie Chan early in the studio. How you doing, Robbie? Hello. Hi, everyone. So, <laughs> Robbie is from Blue Crown Aquatics. He's, of course, you know, the best sponsor of all time and uh, a uh, shrimp king. <laughs> no, no. See? Chris Hookup <laughs> is the shrimp king. The shrimp king. <laughs> He's so humble. Can you tell? And we're going to have Robbie on next week, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm ne- honored to be there. Next Tuesday, we're going to draw for the prize, and this is the uh, moment we get to tell you that we're going to give away four $25 gift certificates to Blue Crown Aquatics. going to be drawn next Tuesday, so 
get your submission in aquariumguyspodcast.com at the bottom of the website you'll see the giveaway link sign up get money Please. get free money it's the best kind of money that's the best kind all right so we have no subject for this evening and we're entirely leaving it up to our guests for questions and topics so i'm going to go down uh, the list but before that you said you had a question jim I have a question, and this one goes out to Robbie. Oh, no. Not you, Robbie. Oh. The cool Robbie. On okay, can, <laughs> hold on. I'm what? Robs. He's Robbie. Can we just establish okay. that? All okay. right, there we go. Okay, <laughs> the cool Robbie. Back to that, yeah. So I have been, uh, we've got about 20 tanks of, of shrimp in our house. Can you explain the difference for our listeners, the difference between uh, the, the Neos and the other shrimp, and about water quality, that sort of thing? Uh, I'm still struggling a little bit with with some of it and stuff, but we've had some pretty good success with, with the neocardas. Mm, okay. So basically, uh, shrimps come, freshwater shrimp come in two types. Okay. Well, general types. Uh, one other than bamboo shrimp. Actually, other than bamboo shrimp, amano shrimps, or, you know, ghost shrimp, things like that. All you can eat shrimp? What, what, are, what, what we're really talking about is actually ornamental uh, shrimp. Okay. Um, what their subcategory is called neocaridinas and caridinas. Now, neocaridinas, they live in a very vast uh, difference, you know, of water parameters. The caridina, however, they kind of require a little bit more specific, uh, more acidic water parameter. And that's kind of like the major difference. Well, that would explain it. I mean, you're, we have soft water. That's why you struggle with the other variety. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and neocaridina is usually you, you, you have the soil being inert. It could be a sand, it could be rocks, it could be gravel, whatsoever, as long as it doesn't leach or it doesn't raise or decrease the pH level too low. And then um, usually neos are very, very good with TDS and all that. I mean, it could, I have seen some from 70 all the way to like five or 600 TDS. Yeah, so they they can live and tolerate a lot of different parameters. Uh, Caridinas, however, uh, their pH is really um, anything less than 6.6, uh, down to some people even have it at 5-something. You know, uh, TDS is always hovering around between 110 or 100, all the way could be at 130, or some people even push it up to 150. Yeah, so it's kind of very rare, and the soil they use mostly are uh, buffering substrate, uh, which lowers the pH. So we had a question. Yes. Someone in the audience. I was curious, where are they native to, Caridinias and Neocaridinias? That's a great question. That's a great question. They actually came uh, from mo mostly from Hong Kong and then mm -hmm. um, in the streams up in the mountains. And then when a uh, Japanese guy, he actually kind of brought them over to Japan and then he started, you know, breeding them, breeding them. And then all of a sudden, Caridina came out where it's red and a little white. And then, then that's when everything kind of slowly started for the Caridina's aspect. And then that's why, you know, people started to mass produce these and, you know, some uh, some go as high as a couple thousand dollars at one time. For an individual shrimp, correct? Yes, for each one shrimp. Yeah, I've seen some, some shrimps go as high as $6,000 U.S. dollars for one shrimp. Holy cow. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's why that's they stopped selling on Facebook because they <laughs> thought it was drugs. And they're like, uh-uh, yeah. no more shrimp. No more shrimping. <laughs> 
All right, let's get to the questions now. So I'm going to go top to bottom, if that's good with everyone. We'll just do a round of questions. If we keep going, we'll see what time allows for. So, Anthony, what do you got for us? What do you want to know? Um, in the last week or so, I've been to two pet stores that were completely run on under gravel filters, and I'm just wanting to know what the disadvantage of that is. So I'm going to pick on this one. Undergravel filters are commonly used in pet stores, and they're a fantastic, cheap, cheap way of filtering. You don't have to worry about replacing sponges, and because there's a ton of rotation in the tanks, they need something more concrete than a loose sponge filter for the cycle to hold on to. So when they leave the gravel in there, it does collect all the waste. They do regular vacuums uh, on the, the gravel, but they're in there more often than a normal hobbyist. They right. they more or less stopped using undergravel filters because they weren't getting all of the stuff out of the gravel. They, you leave some for biological bacteria, but easily a chunk of a dead fish can rot in the bottom, crap the whole tank out, and there's a lot of risk if you're not careful with how you use undergravel filter. So pet stores continually are in the tank every day monitoring how the situation is going, do a ton of water changes, and they just handle the cycle better for a pet store that has a lot of rotation. It's the first time I'd ever seen it in the store, actually, and they're very dated stores, but it looked like it was working fine for them. So we have a large pet store in Forest Lake, Minnesota. It's a little north of the, the Twin Cities, and very big store, very well known in the state as one of the best pet stores in Minnesota. They use extensive undergravel filters for almost all their setups just because the amount of rotation. They sell mass amounts of fish, and they need to maintain that cycle with the amount of moving of decorations, yeah, um, sponge swapping, and all the other details. And they're very cheap to run. It's very cheap. It's yeah. got to be more surface area than a sponge filter. Right? Really Absolutely. Is. Yeah. I've been debating on trying some myself. Well, give her a go. Just make sure to get a nice uh, nice vacuum on that gravel. All right, Arthas, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. You, you, you want to know all the secrets? I have recently rescued a 14-inch Florida common pleco, and uh, he's a little malnourished. My question, what would be the best, um, you know, right now I'm just using Hakari, uh, you know, algae wafers, but I'm looking for something to give him a little bit more protein. Is there like a decent high protein you would recommend? High protein for a, a pleco. Oh, boy, that, that's pretty difficult. Um, Massivore. 14-inch yeah. Massivore would work really well, but I have trouble acclimating a lot of Placos onto Massivore. They almost have to starve to get onto it. Um, what I would do is just, you know, encourage um, whatever you can feed them, feed them to, to get started. But Massivore is, of course, the best protein solution for the size cup of their mouth. But I put wood in there as well and then try to encourage, you know, putting pieces of the Massivore in the wood. If you can put it somewhere where they're going to be on, they'll attempt to to eat whatever you put on it. It's a, it's a, it's a step. Couldn't, couldn't you try to put it in um, like a half a zucchini chunk? Put some Massivore in that too? That's a good idea. Because they should eat the zucchini pretty quick and then they'll, gra as they're rasping away at the zucchini, they'll grab some of the Massivore too. Whatever so works. That help. Try that, yeah. Try, uh, try them out. Uh, sometimes even some Placos, they, like I have small baby bristlenose Placos, they don't know to hit the... the the zucchini so i have that issue as well so even with my zucchini pieces putting them on wood works the same so if they hit zucchini put the food wherever they're hitting try to encourage and hide the food where they're at i appreciate it thank you all right juju what's up what do you guys think the biggest problem facing the hobby today is holy oh. cow schmelta no, i'm just kidding schmelta <laughs> airlines for god's sake let's start let's spend two and a half days on that no i'm kidding the uh i've mentioned this before and stuff um 
I just had a conversation with, with my friend Ty yesterday, and he is a aquarium tank maintenance a previous store owner, and uh, he was just saying that that the aquarium freshwater aquarium is coming back and saltwater is kind of dwindling right now is what he's telling me. But what concerns me is that is that I've been doing this for over 35 years and from what I'm seeing, the kids, I mean, we have Mr. Pickles on and he's a, he's a young guy from Canada and he's one of the few people that I know that are, are coming back. He's going into the hobby and the young kids now just want to do video games and play on their phones. To me, I think some of the biggest issues we have is just trying to to draw people into the hobby and so that's when we started this podcast and that was kind of our thing is that we want to encourage people to do it because we love it of course and we just want people uh to join us and when i first started doing this over 30 some years ago um it was all secrets nobody wanted to tell you how to to you know breed your your discus or breed your breeder those plecos because they, th they saw you as competition. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to draw a group together, which I think we're doing a very good job of, and, and encouraging people and trying to help out the younger generation. And, and you know, there's a few problems that we have with, with fish, like the large plecos that seem to uh, bother a lot of people in the hobby. But my personal problem that I have is, is that I really want young people to, to take over this hobby. Because let's face it, everybody that's that we all know and love, you know, Jack Watley just passed away this year, and uh, you know we we had Mr. Uh, uh, Jim Kitchen on, and he's having some medical issues too, the Pleco King, and we need people, to, young people, to step up and take over this hobby and put it in the right direction. So just to go a little further into that, we're trying to research, you know, some people we can bring on for different topics. And one of the topics we're researching is killifish, trying to find some experts on that subject. It's filled with nothing but 60 plus year old gentlemen. I don't mean to pick on them. It's no. not an old joke. It's just filled with people that have been doing the hobby so long and it's not refreshing. They're not reaching out and bringing younger audiences in either because I don't know, it's a, it's a purist thing or they just don't have PR people to tell, hey, this is a fun, cool thing. So when I show people that you can have like a packet of seeds like you do get on uh, your spring to plant flowers you can do that with fish and their mind explodes so it's a great subject great type of fish niche no one's in it well and and look at this too rob we just had this conversation with our friends over in in, in west fargo north dakota and nancy and jeff own the tropical fish shop a wonderful place to get cichlids jeff his buddy and him were into killifish and his friend just died, and Jeff was talking about getting rid of his killifish because he, he used to go to the killifish conventions with his buddy. And it was a bonding experience. Like some people go deer hunting, some people go to NASCAR together. My wife and I, we go to concerts together. It's just a bonding experience. And once you lose those people, you kind of lose interest. Yeah, if I didn't have you, I, I wouldn't be in this hobby, Jimmy. That's right. Yeah. So hopefully that answered it, uh, gave you something at least. I love you, Rob. Yeah. I love you more. <laughs> wow, that was sick. Quit touching me. It's inappropriate. Uh, We're on wife, a podcast. My wife's right here. It's a lot of size. <laughs> All right, Larry, we got we got to keep rolling here. It's getting weird. So, <laughs> Larry, what what you got for us, man? Normally, you know, I have so many questions for you. Um, if you guys don't know, Larry is a rainbow fish enthusiast. In this last couple of weeks, he's been sending uh, a lot of pictures on our Facebook group, and he has a massive collection. But uh, what do you have for us? Hmm. I'm, I'm shoot. Um, somebody ask away. <laughs> I could just that's probably the best thing to, to start. It, otherwise, um, I've actually been in, in the, the hobby since, shoot, the late 70s. I had a store in the late 80s. Uh, closed that down and ended up doing some breeding, got out, came back in, decided to get into the, the rainbows more. The wife is 
and she's right here. She's like, yeah, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It's uh, pretty good. So, yeah, we're connecting with more and more and more people. Um, but I, I'm one of those sticklers that, that it's got to be, you got to keep them pure. You know, if you're, if you're going to let them spawn in your tank and they're not going anywhere, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, but if you're going to end up selling or giving it away to somebody else that doesn't realize that, they, they need to be pure. Uh, we have too many of them going extinct out in the wild. Uh, there's a, a few of them that I have that are very rare. Then I have more coming yet. I, I sure wouldn't like them to get messed up in the hobby. Rather than a question, then, I have something for you, then, if it's fair, Larry. Sure. So you told me that you're a part of an aquarium society, and that's how you got a hold of this podcast. Is that correct? Um, yes, actually. Okay, so that that, <laughs> that brings up another good one. Um, yeah, I was asked to be a speaker up in, in Oregon at a, a club. So my wife and I went up there, and uh, the one gal that asked me to, to do that, she had gotten a hold of you through some other person and asked me to join in. So it was through a definitely through a club, and I, I thought that was pretty neat. So you're actually in the Willamette Aquarium Society. I'm a member of the Sacramento Aquarium Society here in California. So just but, for uh, the Willamette, just for the listening audience, you know what what is the activities and what are your guys's intentions for your aquarium society? The experience of being able to have anything from auctions to hosting the ACA, any of these other big guys, Gary Lang. Yeah, they come and they do speeches. There'll be speakers. They bring fish. They the auctions. They get people excited to to bring items in, auction it off. You can you can get some top quality fish. You can get to know people that are in the industry that you'd never even know they existed. It's it's an amazing fun thing. Some people are like, oh yeah, I'm just here to see what I can get cheap. Oh, there's so much more. We're we're going to be hosting the uh, ACA coming up this next year. And here in Sacramento, I would love for you guys to, anyone to join in. It's open to everybody. It's huge. So there's a lot of pleasure in, in meeting people that do the same thing and getting questions answered. Literally a networking event for your favorite hobby. What uh, I'm going to do then is we're going to move on to Nate. So before I let Nate answer his question, I first have to pick on him. So we found out that when Nate uh, joined Discord, he didn't tell us until tonight. But uh, if you listen to some of the first episodes of the podcast, we talk about some of our first reviews. We were so excited on Apple Podcasts. And we so picked on a gentleman that was nice enough to give us a really high review called Vegan Cyclist 420 and found out that Nate is none other than that vegan cyclist. <laughs> we hammered on him pretty hard, actually. We did, yeah. and yet he's still our fan. That's how much he loves this I, podcast. I, the way I see it, I think he's just trying to find out where we live so he can kill us both. I'm just guessing. Man. That's just me. <laughs> Poor Nate. So, Nate, do you have any uh, you know repercussions for the smack talk that we've we've given you? <laughs> no, no, no attacks needed. I actually am not vegan. Truly, <laughs> it was all a joke all along. But well, I'm glad you guys got a good kick out of it. We all got a great kick out of that one. That was amazing. So, you got anything for us, buddy? Oh, I actually have a good question. Oh, last night I got a good deal, and I ended up bringing home fifty-five and a half gallon aquariums. Whoa, whoa. 50 Eight. individual five and a half gallon aquariums screen lids and like fake plants nice. for each one wow so what you're saying is you're making a fish a mini fish warehouse in your basement yep my parents basement of course how'd you get those home on your bicycle <laughs> wow <laughs> my wife steps up and slams him wow oh. that was mean that was a good one that was good I thought it was a moped <laughs> <laughs> i see Wee, peewee's big adventure it probably yeah so where did you buy these at 
Um, I I found them on Craigslist every day. I'm I'm dedicated. I search aquarium on Craigslist. I scroll through everything, look for anything new, and I finally scored the deal. So it was more. It was fifty. It was like fifty three of those five and a half gallons, eight ten gallons, two twenties, and a twenty nine. Me and my buddy drive down there first. For, as soon as as soon as a guy texts me back, I'm like, I'll be there tonight. And I drive down. I pick them all up, and uh, it took truckload and then an entire crv filled to bring them back oh my god and note that those crvs can hold like 18 clowns i'm a smart car owner i know exactly the capacity <laughs> of clowns you would not fit in a smart car he oh, does is that a fat joke because oh, that's awesome he you know what when you, you've seen the uh, uh what was that tommy boy you know fat guy in, in a little coat that's robbie in a smart car it's hilarious you that's should it see his uh smart car run away from him Oh, okay. We're gonna post that on video too. Okay, I hate you all. This no. is why you don't bring wives on because <laughs> they'll hit you or hurt. Let's bring this up just real quick. So Robbie sends us a video not that long ago. He put in a video system in his house, and and it shows his driveway. And he sent this to us, and so we watch it, and it's like three minutes long. We're going, this is stupid. Robbie comes out and looks at his car, and he like pats his pockets like he forgot the keys or something. I don't know. He got into the car. Yes, he got into the car and got out of the car, went back in the house, left the door open, and the car rolls away into the neighbor's yard. I had to get my hat before work. <laughs> I didn't want people seeing my terrible hair. Yeah, I'm not as beautiful as you. It wasn't just into the first neighbor's yard. It went into the second neighbor's yard. With the door open. <laughs> okay, and here's the thing, right? My smart car straight piped. Because of an amazing joke, my mechanic decided to play on me. And you could hear this thing for four blocks. So it's just idling through two yards and no one caught me. Yeah, it sounds like a chainsaw running out in the woods. And the car is so small and light, it didn't even really leave tire tracks in the yard. So I got away with the whole thing. The best part is that you were looking at your phone and so concentrated on it, you didn't even see that the car was missing. Yeah, it was it was important, I think. I was reading like aquarium forms, who knew? And then, and then he sees the car's missing, he looks up, he goes, hey, 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 and he takes off running across the freaking okay. yard. Okay, is that a fat joke? No, it's not. I just, That's a fat Albert no, joke. It, no, we don't know who fat Albert is. Oh, please, that All was right. your childhood, wasn't okay, it? Okay, we gotta get back to it now. I don't think All I've right. ever seen him move so fast. It was funny. And we're going to post that, too, so you Oh, my God. It. Yeah, we're going to post it. Nate, I blame you for all of this. All right, so... so it was all my fault. So you, you get all these tanks. Who? What were they using them for? They were breeding crested geckos. It was a, it was a guy that was pretty well off, and he was teaching his kids about business, and he individually tanked each one. What? No, 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 that makes them. sense. So, like, yeah, he told me they tear, they tear each other apart. But anyway, long story short, he had them all, and he was just trying to unload them. Picked them up for all a hundred bucks. So. Oh my goodness! Wow. Good yep, job. Stole them. That's a hell of a deal. Wait, yeah. did he still have the crescent geckos? <laughs> oh, Adam. Nope. No, yeah. they were they sold they sold them all off. He was teaching his kids about business. Something he's told me they they all pay taxes and stuff. Blah blah blah. No, he but, he released them in his house, so they'll forevermore be there and breed. <laughs> teaching, I could see it. Teaching him business. Oh, he Here's how you lose ten thousand dollars. He did have a sweet tank. He had like a three eighty with a couple with a couple stingrays. So he was, nice. he was a pretty nice guy. So what's your plans with the tanks? Wait, wait. Before that, did you tell him about the podcast since he has stingrays? <laughs> wow. I did, not tell, I did not tell him about the podcast. I, I still have his number. I'll let him know. All right. <laughs> now, you have to let him know because, you know, we're gonna, we're congratulating him on giving you such a great deal. He needs to know this. Truth. So what's your Anyways, question? The, oh, what, my question is, what should I do with the tanks? I, right now, budget's kind of tight. And I don't, I, I'm definitely not setting them all up, but I want to set up probably about 10. What should I put in them? What's the stocking? All right. All right. Well, let's all take a round at this, but I'm going to take the first round and say that uh, you should put, you know, shrimp in all of them, each type of variety from Blue Crown Aquatics. 
Already thought about that. Already thought about that. We know a guy that'll get you a deal, right, Robbie? Of course. There you go. And Any free day. shipping, you know, using a promo code Aquarium, guys. But, yeah, what else uh, should he put in there, guys? Paku. Paku. <laughs> I think he should, should breed some bettas. I think uh, Big Rich I, I is, is, is just woke up in the middle of the slumber. Yeah. Crayfish. Crayfish. I like this take. Let's go through. Let's go through the list and take turns. All right. So we got crayfish so far. I got a pen and paper. Crayfish. Are you talking like Mexican bettas? Bettas. Bettas. Bettas would be great in a five-gallon tank. I thought about. I thought about that. I thought about like importing, bringing some in. But the question is, is Robbie going to be importing in and getting some in? Hmm. I can. See. There we go. There we go. What about uh? Yeah. I like hyphen five elevens. The tetras. Ooh, that would. I don't know if they need more. Uh, more space. Yours Eventually got, they would. Yours got real big. They did. Yep. So you should look them up. It's a very weird, you know, niche um, tetra species that you don't see often a lot in the trade. Uh, you said five eleven yeah. hyphen tetra. The, yep, the hyphen five elevens. My faves with so, my discus. With their discus. So my, my question is: are, are you looking just to keep fish, or are you looking to breed and make some money, or no, lose some money? They already did economics on this with their <laughs> kids. Oh uh, yeah, my my parents are convinced I'm only gonna lose money. So I'm looking, to, I'm looking, I'm looking to try though. I'm looking to try. I'll, I'll breed anything. Breed some six thousand dollars shrimps. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> breed ten of those and tell your parents to. Bite it. Well, there we go. Otherwise, you guys can, uh, you know, message uh, on Discord. We can put up a poll. I'll have uh, Pickles get on that, right, Pickles? I would do. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I would do bristlenose plecos and rams, German ram cichlids. German rams would be perfect for five gallon. One pair per five gallon tank. Yeah, that's it. Do all the rams the long fin, the gold, the Bolivian. Yep. Do, I... do the I wild have... ones. I don't have many big stores around me. I don't. I don't have a way to move a lot of them. Where would I move them at? Well, you'll have to private message us after, and uh, we'll get Robbie to hook you up. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, in this, I used to always worry about overproducing, and in this day and age of the, of the internet, it's it's funny. You can put out something such a simple like you went and found all these tanks. You can put something out there saying, "Hey, I've got you know." F- well, 300 rams you'd be surprised how people will just come out of the woodwork in your area and and seek you and buy them Ta-da. so last one that i have a suggestion with scarlet battis I, I do own scarlet battis so there you go they're fun they have uh, colors and they're really finicky to eat so just keeping them alone in a five gallon seems nice how about pea puffers i also own pea puffers, Ooh, pea puffers. i already i already i already got i already got two set up i got the pea puffers and i got the battis wow I have a customer, uh, this Nancy and Jeff we've talked about in West Fargo. She buys 175 pea puffers from me every two weeks. And she's and Fargo, North Dakota is a nice, nice sized town, but that's a god dang a lot of pea puffers. And what she does, just to give you a little advice, she has a multiple pricing. So you get one at this price, three at this price, but 10 at this price. And she has people that come in and say, I'll take 10. All the time. That's all she sells her shrimp, too. They're only people that get 55-gallon tanks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. Just a lot of that happening in Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think that brings us to the infamous, no, really famous, Mr. Pickles. Okay. So so, so what's the, what's the big question, bro? Uh, okay. So I uh, bought this cool plant that I thought was really cool. It's called Cryptocorn Retrospiralis. And I put it in my tank, and they ate it in the first day I got it. Wait, they as in my ballast sharks and uh, I don't know, maybe something else. I'm not sure. Well, but that's not the point. So they, the scientific term crypto corn, whatever, bilalis is really romaine lettuce. So that's on you. <laughs> wow. You're very helpful tonight, Rob. I am. I'm all about helping the pickle. So they ate all the leaves and there's just, just the bulb left with the roots. My question is, will more leaves grow? Will the plant grow back if I don't put it? In a tank where things will eat it. Yes. 
They they, yes. they absolutely can, but they probably can only handle that so many times of getting mowed to the bone. We we Yeah, yeah, no, I took them out of the tank and I put them in my shrimp tank so they shouldn't get destroyed there. Just like watch your shrimp will eat it. It'll just keep coming back. Yeah. We, my, my wife has a discus tank in our home, and we have a uh, one bristlenose pleco in there that's pretty good size, and he digs up the bulbs. Oh, he's an ass. <laughs> he, he rolls them around like a bowling ball, and uh, but once you push them back in, they pop back up pretty quickly. Uh, same as uh, we have Madagascar lace bulbs in there. Madagascar lace. There we go. Nice. And they are beautiful. You know, they've died off several <laughs> times and then pop back up two months later. They're very, they're very finicky to water qualities. I think the only really good way to get lace, if you don't just see a perfect one in store, is doing bulbs. You can't order those really online that well. And they don't like salad dressing on them that much, you know? Yes. You gotta quit doing that. And then the water gets kind of slimy from the salad dressing. And it's just, stop, just stop dressing your tank pickles. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we went through once. Who else has a question or a topic for us? Okay, if nobody's going to say anything, I have one more short question. Do it, pickles. Sure. Um... Okay, so I noticed these things in my tank, and uh, after doing some research, there's Hydra in my shrimp tanks, and uh, I'm scared. What do okay. I do? Okay, they will eat What fry. type of fish do you have? Um, I have shrimp, uh, which they'll eat the baby shrimp I was informed, and they'll also eat the baby guppies. So I took the baby guppies, and I'm raising them in the, my fry box, or whatever you call it. So only the shrimp are at risk. Yeah. But I still want to find a way to get rid of them. And a lot of the ways to get rid of them could be dangerous to shrimp. So that's why I want to know what you would do. I use a product called Z1 um, made by SL Aqua. It's kind of like a, a like a dog dewormer type. But I use it in very small dosage. Um, I see that, that that actually helps out a lot. Uh, and also, I do a lot of water change. I do put in some... Uh, fish or something that eats like mi microorganisms like that, then yeah. yeah, they just go after it and you know, uh, just m consistent water change, weekly water change about 10%. And then I usually have no problems after that. Would something like a panda loach go after that, Robbie? You know what? Maybe. Um, I have. I've seen panda loaches go after anything except for shrimps. I don't know why. I, I put in my panda loaches with some of my high-end stuff, and they, they don't bother him at all. They just kind of like, oh, hey, what's going on? I'm eating, you know. It seems like panda loach has been pretty gentle with uh, shrimps overall. Oh, okay. Have you ever Have you uh, heard of this stuff called Planaria Zero? Yes. It's, it's very similar to the SL Aqua. E1. Will that work? That would work, but in very small dosage. So uh, just be careful, kind of measure it. I would do the recommended amount, but slightly less than that. Just slightly okay. less, yeah. Because that's what's available near me, so... It's, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Do use that, like? and then, you know, water change. Make sure you water change, like, two days later. All right, thanks. And would you mm -hmm. do, like, a 50% or, like, 75% of the... I would do, like, 10 to 20% max. Ooh. Because I don't small want to shock the shrimp. Yeah, because when it, whenever you put any medicine or you want to tweak the water, I don't I don't stress out the shrimp, and it's always always best to do light water change a little bit at a time, and then slowly drip acclimate them back in. Then you're all set. Then they won't feel a thing. So that's why. That's that's good. That's good advice. Because when when you said you know part uh, partial of the dose, I was thinking fifty percent. I would have done fifty percent. That's why I asked. So ten percent. Oh, oh, you mean like dosage? Oh, sorry, I thought it was like water change. Oh nope. no, he meant um, water change. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, as far as water change goes, ten to twenty percent is good. 
Um, as far as the dosage goes, about 80 or 90% of the recommended okay. amount, usually. That straightened me out. Just a little less than recommended. Yes. Perfect. So anybody I got any other questions for us? We also have, remember, the Wives for Embarrassing Stories. I'm dying to know everybody's stance on hybrids. So when you say hybrids, what do you mean? I'm going to say, the, does anybody have different feelings about OB peacocks compared to flower horns? I mean, are they the same thing to you? or Not at all to me. I'm generally, uh, um, generally, if I see this I giant thing with a tumor out of its head, I don't think OB peacock. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a hybrid. I guess. So is a pit bull or a pug, and they're ugly just yeah, okay. the same. <laughs> yeah. Does your flower horn have a nice cock? huge one i am not censoring that that is accurate if you want to look it up go to google that's what they call them yep and that's how it's pronounced correctly too i found out <laughs> i just i want to go to a i want to go to a, a festival or a, a convention, convention just just to hear people talk about you know their beautiful bright cocks. the biggest show in the world was today at sips Seriously, because yep, pe- people pay tens of thousands of dollars for for these different flower horns, and I just the stuff I've seen was unreal. Yeah, they're they are gorgeous. I I personally couldn't spend that kind of money on a fish, but uh, people do, and that's why everybody is striving to to breed these hybrids, and it's just because of customer demand. Unfortunately, um, I used to get a really cool fish that used to be called an angel ram, and it was a cross between an angel fish and a balloon ram, and I can't find them anymore. I thought they're the most beautiful things in the world. And I had people that loved them or hated them. And uh, our friends over in North Dakota, they won't sell you a glowfish. Uh, for the first three or four years when glowfish first came out, they didn't want to do it. But they finally gave in to popular demand. And then, of course, when Walmart stepped out of the picture here just recently, you know, and all of a sudden now p- people have got nowhere to get their fish uh, but at a pet store in Fargo. And so now she started carrying glowfish. And she goes, you know, I hate them, but I'm not going to turn away their money. And I think, I think that's just the bottom line is, is if people are willing to buy them, people are going to breed them. Well, I think going back to our conversation earlier, glowfish brings kids into the hobby. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I, I know I've said on this podcast many times that, you know, as much as, as people badmouth Walmart and how much uh, they don't like Walmart, what they did uh, for the young kids is where else are you going to go see fish? I mean, mom and dad go into Walmart every day and week. The kids always ask to go over there and you, you know. And that be the best place to buy your fish, but yet it, you're introducing that to these children, and that's who you need to do. You need to encourage these kids to come out and buy some of this stuff. So I'm kind of worried about the distribution chain now, too, once Walmart's gone. I mean, they were drawing the distributors into the area, and now they're gone. So yeah, Walmart put more distributors out. See, that's why we have stuff... Uh, coming up like the small, uh, smaller independent stores that are uh, trying to spread uh, spread love online. We have, um, Adam, you have a friend in St. Paul that has recently started a uh, aquarium shop within the last few years. A little more information on that uh, example. Oh, uh, you're talking about Phil's? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, yeah. Shout so out. We got to do appropriate shout out here. Come on now. Okay, so... Um... <laughs> I just know it as Phil's store. It's Phil's store. Name. You don't even know his oh, name. Oh, man. It's his good friend, <laughs> Phil. It's his friend, Phil. He's going to hate you after this podcast. He does. I should tell him. Don't tell him. Just but okay. so, so Robbie and I met Adam just recently down at that store. Uh, we were down in Minneapolis. We, Robbie and I went down to buy some koi at a koi show. And uh, Adam and his wife were in town, so we all had lunch. And then we went over to, to Phil's store. And it was a it's pretty... Tamed Waters. Tamed Waters. And it was a pretty goddamn cool store. And what, what amazed me is you go in there, and the only thing he had that was normal was freaking neons. Everything else was totally off the wall. 
And I think that's the, the attraction. All high-end stuff. Right. We had a very successful store in our area that was like that, just special order, high-end, oddball stuff. And he survived for about 10 years. Well, when we were there, Phil was filling orders to be to go out online. He had a big bunch of boxes sitting on the counter, didn't he? Remember that? Yeah, he was doing yeah, both. Yeah, he did. He was doing online stuff, plus he was doing that. And, uh, you know, people, you got to find your niche. And uh, you want to become that destination store that where people drive 100 miles to come see you. We go to Forest Lake quite a bit. And where else do you go? Forest if you, Lake's it, one of the top stores. Right. I'd it, say it's Forest Lake and Tamed Waters for me. Right. And where else do you go and find 25 stingrays of all different sizes, shapes, and flavors, you know? So I think that's the thing going forward. I mean, Robbie, have you turned away people going up to your warehouse buying, uh, wanting to buy shrimp? No. No. We actually welcome them and we actually invite them to come in because we want to teach them the proper way of cycling and and really take good care of the shrimps or else we won't even want to sell to them oh your tank is not ready okay go home after it's ready and cycled bring the water here we'll check it for you and then if everything's good then we'll sell you some shrimps and that's a responsible thing to do and that's what we all need to do is help encourage people so they can get it done right and i bet money you do that service for free testing that water for them don't you exactly exactly and and one of the things about us is we're hobbyist by heart you know so we're in the business of promoting shrimps and we're not really trying to make a big buck you know with all the efforts and work that we put in really i mean i make more on the outside you know outside of this business than and inside so to me it's really about getting them what they need and what they want and then seeing how their eyes just opens up i have my first clutch of babies look look you know and that's that's the enjoyment of of why i i'm in the shrimp hobby so we had the question uh one of the beginning questions from you guys that you know what's the most harmful thing to to the hobby or most concerning thing and i I mentioned delta or schmelta airlines schmelta well if (laughs) if it's really how it's showing that the businesses that are succeeding now are the are smaller specialized um, stores that do focus online as well to have both the online sales and their local area sales as well. The only thing preventing that type of business model working is the the Schmeltas of the world. I hate Schmelta. Dun, dun, dun. Schmelta will frame you for murder just for fun. (laughs) Uh, Again, we mentioned that because it's a bit that John Mulaney, the comedian, does. So check it out, YouTube.com. Just type in John Mulaney, Schmelta Airlines. Schmelta. And you'll find somebody that dislikes Schmelta more than we do. They're they're really the worst. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've been doing this for 30 years, and it wasn't what? three months ago when I had the gal behind the counter in tears because I drive 75 miles to pick up my fish and she goes, I'm done for the day. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. And she, I said, well, who's else is going to give them to me? Oh, I'm the only person that can do cargo. So you'll have to come back tomorrow. I said, it's live fish. It's $1,500 worth. And she goes, well, don't know what to tell you. Well, before, before we got done, security was over there telling me to calm down, but I got my fish. And I made her cry. And then the next week, I show up, and uh, they just thought he brought a bouncer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we actually, we were out of there probably in, what, five minutes that time. So who else has a question or topic? So let me ask you guys that are kind of, you, you know, you're in the business, but you're also hobbyists. Does being, you know, on the other side of the fence affect the way you view the hobby? Has it made you less interested or more interested? It makes us smarter. It makes us so that we uh, don't spend a, uh, an epic amount of money on frivolous things such as, you know, getting the latest LED light set or reef light set. We know how to do things DIY, and we uh, we have a more refined taste of what we know we love. Robbie knows he loves shrimp. 
You know, Larry yeah. loves rainbows. You know, Jim yeah. loves angelfish. Yeah. You, you know your niche because you've had a taste of everything. You, you know, the first time I, f- I went down to Florida, and I've said this on the podcast before, I went there and went expected to be wowed. And we go out to an, it was a true fish farm, and they're using the stainless steel edge tanks from the 50s with a slate bottom. And they had, and I'm not exaggerating, probably seven or 800 tanks just for breeding tiger barbs. They had all these tanks set up, and what they did is at every Monday, they would uh, bring up the tanks. They were empty. They'd fill them full of crick water. They went down to the crick, to the creek, and they pumped a bunch of water, which was real soft and acidic, they told me. And they brought it in, filled the tanks, and in the back of the warehouse, which was just a greenhouse, they had all these tanks and... They're all full of female barbs and t- and male tiger barbs. They put one male for like five females in there, and um, they would leave them in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday, they pulled all the eggs out. They pulled the, the fish out. When they pulled the eggs, they leave the eggs in there for two days, and then on Friday, they would rinse out the tanks, turn them upside down, and start over on Monday. They were producing about eighty to 100,000 tiger barbs out of a greenhouse. And it was so simple, and they, and they did not have... I, I'm not kidding you. They didn't have $5,000 invested into the building and on the tanks. You'd swear the Amish were doing it. Oh, it was so old-fashioned. And I said to the guy, why do, why do you use all these old tanks? He goes, they hold water, don't they? Okay. <laughs> no lo- metaframes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whatever happened to the diatom filter? Man, I wish I knew. Okay. Tea time, guys. Tea time. Let's. There, we have listeners. What's a diatom filter for people that are my age? <laughs> It is an old filter, and it basically polishes the water, and it makes it, it like scrubs the water. I was probably one of the last people to know, uh, besides Jim, of wow, like thanks. my generation. Okay, I'm like one of the last people of my generation. We had one at my store that I found, yeah. and they have a tendency to like explode and yep. fill your water with diatoms, so they're not the best. For things. Thank you for accurately telling us why they went away forever. You know, that's why they went away. Was that the Vortex? You can still buy Vortex new ones. brand? Yeah, I think so. The Whisper came out oh, with a I pretty good one things. called a, a Diet to Magic. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of spinoffs that they still have for people that want to use them, but that was the big thing is they yeah. explode. Yeah, I use I use the Diet oh, to Magic, which was like a back behind filter, and that worked out really well. But you all well, of a sudden it was Marineland. Yeah, you can use some Marineland internal ones with with diatomaceous earth. Yeah, hot magnum. Yeah, yep. kind of a mess, but yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of flipping work. It's easier to do a water change sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I found out there's different grades of diatomaceous earth too. Don't just buy the stuff off eBay. Yeah, when you open up the bag and you breathe it in, and you've got coal miner's lung for the rest of your life. It's terrible stuff. Yeah. All right, who's got another a one? Good topic would be a good topic would be like what happened to all the old good old stuff. How about silent giants and oh geez. So there's oh, one, old great pumps. air pump. There's one podcast that we're working on because there's a list of podcasts and we've gotten some fantastic feedback from email from you guys on Discord. We have an entire ch- uh, dedicated chat uh, channel in Discord just for ideas. But we're wanting to do history of fish. I've talked a couple episodes. You know that the tropical fish. Uh, hobby essentially started around the 1920s 1930s but we'd like to get into you know what's that timeline look like what what changed what was uh what was the going thing you know what happened in Mm -hmm. 2001 that stopped uh all this uh shipping and started uh, you know monster companies like schmelta and all this hate you know just really go over just a, a overall history of the aquarium hobby the modern hobby as we know it I'd really like to get, um, we, I, I buy 
goldfish from a, a couple of different goldfish companies over in North Carolina, South Carolina. The one thing that they had, and I'm, I still am kicking myself to this day that I didn't buy, when they originally started back like with the 20s and 30s, they shipped goldfish in a milk can. with, And the milk can was like an old-fashioned, probably 25-gallon metal milk can. And they would take a big chunk of ice and put on top of the milk can and the the top of the milk can was uh, vented and so as the train would clickety clack down the road they'd have a, a, a thousand goldfish or whatever they put in the in this tank and then the ice would melt and go into the water and keep the fish cool and stuff and they would get to their destination and i think when they started doing that they're selling to woolworths if anybody remembers woolworths uh stores they were cleaning yeah, out yeah. an old warehouse and they offered them for sale for like 20 bucks a piece and i thought what a great nostalgic oh. piece it would have been i saw it on the email on monday i called them on wednesday i said hey you still got any of those left she goes no they went so quick it's unbelievable and i still kick myself to this day wow because it's, I mean, you look it up online and you can see these old, old things that they use, and it's, it's fantastic. I would eat a shoe for a Victorian era aquarium on top of that. Yeah, or pay twenty five hundred dollars. They do remakes now for about that price. Right. Yeah. So I see here we have a post in Discord from Anthony. We see a lot of here. Uh, what are those magazines? Tell us a little about what you got. They are the monthly mailer from the clubs in Detroit, and they're from the late sixties to early eighties. Those are cool. They had a whole box of hundreds of them, and they were giving them away for free, and I should have took the whole box, but I felt guilty. That That's absolutely awesome. So you can check this out going on our Discord, AquariumGuysPodcast.com. We have a lot of uh, pictures on here. Pickles has been doing a fantastic uh, job of updating our, our fish board. That's also on the website, so check that out. But that is a uh, collection of history, sir. It is still in publication, and it do- still does come out every month. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. That's, cool. That's a Motor City Aquarium Society's journal. I, I have boxes of digital. tropical fish hobbyists. I don't know if anybody remembers tropical fish hobbyists that was out for years and years and years. And that was a Is that still out? I don't know. It was a monthly publication. I believe so. Is it still going? I don't think it is. I think I heard their that website has no longer. Uh, they're no longer there. And that's that's how I found Steve Rubicki uh, with Angels Plus back in the Late 80s. Yeah, we found a advertisement on him for like 92. It was like a um, one of those like side put in things in a magazine where you could just like write up and order it, send it back to him. Yeah, and uh, back then he would answer the phone when you when you called Steve, but now he's so busy he wants everything done by email. We had him on Super here, busy, and he gave us he he was so gracious with his time and his knowledge, and and you know we talked to him after the podcast, and he goes, you know, it's just nice to to see people excited about the hobby, and, and Steve has been doing it for, what, 40-some years? And talks about how he's he works seven days a week, and, and Christmas and his birthday, he's still working. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that are dedicated to this hobby, and, you know, my hat's off to them. And if we can pull people together and educate and help each other out, I, th- I think we got the world by the balls, guys and gals. Absolutely. I always thought that was the beauty of the hobby. Is there's so much information out there. And like, mo- it's not that everything's already been solved, but it, the fun part of the hobby for me is just is learning. That's the you always get to learn in this hobby. Yeah, you know what was really interesting is when we're talking to uh, Mr. Uh, Jim Kitchen, the Pleco King. The thing that blew me away when he says, you know, you have to have the right size Pleco cave. But here's something that I never in a million years would have thought of. He says if you don't have the correct clay to make these caves, they can't breathe. And he holds the female in there till she suffocates. Not in a million years would I ever thought a, a fish would suffocate in a cave, but he doesn't want to let her out until she has those eggs. And he says, you know, once he found out the typical 
the right clay to use, and he actually has these uh, caves made just for himself, he said that's when he started having success. And he shared that secret, and I'm just going, holy cow, that kind of breaks the door wide open to a lot of cool things. It's those tiny tips that are hidden. Totally blew me away. Yeah. And, you know, there again, um, Jim, what a wonderful guy. Um, uh, thanks again to him for helping us out and stuff. And uh, I just, uh, hats off to these guys that are helping us out. And it's it's just humbling, really. I'm going to get you a tissue. Don't worry. Merging no. the generation gap. Yeah. Exactly. All right, what else we got, guys? I think we got um, room for like two more questions. Not necessarily. Well, actually, yeah, question. Um, kind of tie into the hybrids we were talking about before. What do you think of man-made fish? Okay, so there are when we say man-made fish, like the glowfish, you know, essentially done okay, in the lab, yeah. crossed. Is that what you're talking about? Well, not necessarily just the glowfish, but other fish that were bred to have, for example, the bubble eye goldfish. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. That The one that has, like, the sacks on its eyes that, like, make him swim weird. Or, like, the parrot cichlid that has the mouth that can't close. You know what I mean? That one's pretty terrible. It's... It seems like uh, seems like torture. I'm I'm on the fence about it. When you see a bubble-eyed goldfish, you just look down and like, oh god, what what did they do wrong? Yeah. They did. They they asked, can we? Not should we? But uh, they're very popular, and I, I think goes to the same point we we had before. Is it does get people into the hobby. However, we need to make sure they're ethical. I think glowfish, however made in a lab crossed with uh, jellyfish to make sure they have color. It's still, you know, done with egg. It's done humanely. The things that I think are the absolute worst are fish modifications. I've seen people, just like you would uh, take a animal and try to cut off their tail to make them cuter, to modify fins, scales, or purposely stunt them to get a different body pattern. Or the worst one, which we mentioned on the podcast before, is tattooing. Tattooing. That's that's the one that kind of gets me. No, bat rays has got to be one of the worst ones. Bat rays. What's a bat ray, Batman? Oh, they, um, so apparently, I haven't, I've been on the stingray places that I'm at. They will cut the discs of baby stingrays to make them look like bat wings, even though they're sometimes born that way. They will literally cut that out and then put a bunch of healing stuff in there to make them heal up because bat rays are worth more money. So they will disfigure all of these like Matoro stingrays or whatever to make them look like bat rays. And then they sell them for a higher price. Yeah, totally and unnecessary. And that's probably one of the worst things you could do to them because they're going to, I mean, it's like torturing the fish. Yeah. And then the, the tattoo, when the tattooed fish first came out, they're tattooing, I love you for Valentine's Day. Hearts. You, you could order them to say, marry me, Jen. You could get all I'm, kinds of stuff done. I'm waiting for one of our listeners just to say, uh, you know, put something like, stop playing the didgeridoo and then put that on a molly and send it to you. No. You'd have to send no. several, because didgeridoo is a big word. You have to use more than a molly. Maybe an arowana. Oh. Oh, no. Oh. Don't <laughs> oh, tattoo arowana. Maybe an arowana, yeah. Rob's had some problems with arowana. So I'm, I'm more focused on how they're... How ethical it is to get that modified fish versus is it modified? Because they'll always modify. You'll have gene selection. You just like dogs, it'll happen. But you know, are you harming the animal to do this? Right. I feel you are with some of the goldfish because you're also when you're shortening them up, you're also crunching down their their um, internals. Yes. So it's harder for them to digest uh, their swim bladder. Always an issue. That's why they they've always got swim bladder issues. 
Yeah. yeah, I I have a problem with it. You know, and then you throw you throw the the goldfish on an airplane, and you you take them up at thirty thousand feet, bring them back down, and I get goldfish all the time. I, I like to sell uh, larger arandas, and anyway, you always get two or three that are, are swimming upside down. Um, yeah. One thing I have learned uh, from friend of mine you can feed them a duckweed and they love duckweed and that seems to help them tremendously uh, correct the swim bladder issue don't ask me why i don't know but they told me this Peas without the skin too no no just give them the plant that mr pickles put in his tank <laughs> there's nothing left it's already gone <laughs> all right guys one last question duckweed. and uh you know how dare you for keep making this so controversial i apologize <laughs> <laughs> all right Sincerely. i got a question i got a question for the for the wives Awesome. Oh, no. Excellent. How do you guys feel about the hobby? Better yet, how do you put up with us? How do you, yeah, how do you put up with it? I like all the tanks. That's like the my... hard part. The easy part's the fish. Oh, yeah. There. <laughs> we got Mrs. Larry in the podcast. She stepped forward and threw a punch. I love it. Right in the head. All right. <laughs> Sorry, you asked. All right, no, no. Let's hear it, Let's hear it, Mrs. Larry. That, that, that was her. Does she have a first name? I was going to say, you asked. I mean, you know. It's like I, when, I can, when I get home, I go to my fish room first, and then it's, oh, yeah, by the way, Larry, I'm home. you got it's your like, priorities oh, right. Oh, I don't know. About an hour, I've been spending time with the fish. I love it. So what do you priorities, keep? Priorities, right? Priorities. It's, it sounds like that you're just as much in the hobby as Larry is, so what do you keep? What do I what? What do you keep? Oh, I... I, I teach high school special ed kids. No, what fish do you keep? <laughs> uh, yeah, she was the, telling you. The no. same ones. The same one, yeah. Is that where you met Larry? No, uh, my favorite are the angels. Ah, my my friend. All right, so the better part is, I think uh, what we, we have uh, Jen and Tanasa left. We'll say that Jen does some of the hobby with Jim. She has her own discus, is that correct? Yes. All right, so Tanasa, I think you're the oddball out here. As a person that really doesn't have a hard face in the hobby, she's a uh, crafter at heart. That's where our podcast studio is. You know, how do you put up with me? It's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's real difficult. It is. Especially when I, you know, come and say, "How are you?" and I'm I'm wet from the elbow down. Yeah, I get wet for weird reasons and <laughs> not for that reason. Not for that reason. <laughs> wow. You heard it here first. Ew, you're gross. I just want to kiss. Mm-mm, you gotta like wipe yourself. That's fish, fish crap. Mm-mm. You smell funny. You smell funny. But I, I really, I really enjoy the aquariums. I enjoy. Um, we have a couple of playcos right now that they are having batch after batch after batch. Jab at Jim. Bite me. <laughs> I can't Maybe raise Bristol's playcos, so I gave them to Robbie, and he starts producing them left and right. This one. So and I enjoy, I enjoy getting the babies out of the aquariums and. We have my favorite fish, but I can't say what kind it is. You you can say what oh, kind it I? is. I we have dojo loaches, and they're illegal in Minnesota. Um, no, so they're not, are they? They are illegal yeah. in, in in Minnesota now, as of like four years ago. But we purchased ours beforehand, and we have the receipt to prove it. We do. So we're grandfathered in. And four the, years in one day. That's so, right. Exactly. And they are the size. Um, seriously, they are the size of a banana. Well, Banana. Yeah. We, we got them in, and she's called them her Cheetos because they're they're bright yellow dojo loaches. And now we have uh, a couple extras that we got from a, a, a rescue. It was a rescue. We got them at the Tropical Fish Shop. So uh, shout out to Nancy. And I brought them home, and she giggled, loved them, and she calls them her penises. I do. Because they're giant. <laughs> 
I, I, I fun, have fun freaking people out. I'm like, hey, Anthony, come see my penises. And looks at me like, what the heck? And they are, the last time I was up there, they were all kind of laying in the Java moss or whatever you have up there. It's, it's the crap you give me. I don't know. Oh, oh that was guppy, guppy grass. grass. Guppy mixed grass. with Java moss, I think. Right. And they're doing the jiggly jiggly like they're getting ready to breed in there. Yeah. They, they were breeding. They're, we're about to. Do they start acting odd when the weather changes? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. Fun story. When we first got these, we had a thunderstorm that rolled in after like day three. One shot out of the tank because we had it in the kitchen. Shot out of the tank and landed on the table. They're squirrely as hell before storms. Yeah, they get and and still like even with angelfish when 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 they breed, I I keep track of all the uh, the weather also. And you'll go. Where I used to go from like two or three spawns a day because I had fifty pairs. And all of a sudden we'd have a down pressure come through, and all of a sudden I got fifteen. 18 spawns and they're my stuff that has spawned five days earlier but they spawned again just because of the weather we went over this all right it's because you're playing lionel richie Lion, not lionel richie mm. all right marvin gay marvin right, gay. Wait, wait guys right guys we got to play a clip right here Was that not a nice clip? That was a nice clip. Right? That was a great clip. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was sexy. That was sexy. It was sexy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, pickles. You didn't. You didn't need to hear that. We'll put it in. All right. Before we leave, so Jen, discus, right? Love are, my discus. Are they still breeding? They're working on it. You know, they're getting a little feisty in the tank again. But it's always like the, you know, the ones you don't want to breed together. You know the. Oh, that one's ugly. Well, no, I I have an Indian one in there. Uh, dot Indian, not feather. Oh, thank you. Okay. You got you to clarify. Yeah, yeah. He's got a little black dot right on his forehead. Yeah, we, we got a bright orange discus. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful discus. And she, she was returned to the pet store up in Fargo because it had a black dot on its forehead. And that's mm -hmm. the only reason the gal brought it back because it wasn't perfectly orange all the way around. So I think to answer your question is, you know, how do wives treat it? So we have to go in with this. And this is for everybody listening. If you have a wife and, and you're wanting to try to get in the hobby... Get them in the hobby, and it's so much easier for you. Ain't or that, ain't that right, Larry? Uh, um, yeah. Or or you or it's no, you don't buy another fish. So you know what you do? You go and get the placosimus, because then they don't see them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or you buy her fish and go, hey, honey, happy birthday. <laughs> I've done that. Sometimes it's easier just to apologize, tend to get permission. Yes. All right. Well, I'd like to thank each and every one of you. That uh, joined the podcast tonight. This was uh, fantastic. We might have to do this in the future. It was fun having an open forum. We love you, and we did not expect the the amount of support. <laughs> we didn't expect to have a pickle on board. You know, it's been overwhelming for us. The podcast is definitely blowing up, and we hope to uh, grow this. Uh, do um, live stream sessions with you guys. We're, we're trying to look into investing uh, camera equipment, and we just want to uh, utilize this podcast to. Uh, Share that community with people that don't have aquarium societies. We want to have one, you know, nationwide, worldwide aquarium society through a podcast, and we appreciate it. And uh, you know, last uh, last bit, we we thank people like Robbie Chan for supporting us financially and making this happen. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks. And and listen, next week here we're going to have uh, Robbie on on. I believe we're going to record Tuesday night because of the holiday, Thanksgiving. Yes. And yep. and, and, and I just want to say something. 
it's Thanksgiving next week, and, and what I'm thankful for most this year is that we started this podcast not even, what, 10, 12 weeks ago? We've had overwhelming response, and that first week we had maybe 40 or 50 listens, and now, now we're, we're pushing 1,000 a week. Pushing 1,000 listens a week because of you guys. Wow. And, and you know, we thought that we would probably hit 5,000 listens by... Two years. Two years, you know. <laughs> and uh, at the rate we're going, we're going to hit it before the end of the year. And, and I did some math, and I think we're looking at doing 10,000 listens here probably within uh, by March or April. So, And that's if it, we don't have change and growth, and you share with your friends this podcast. Right. So from the bottom of our hearts, I want to thank you guys. Encourage all the uh, young people in your lives and even the old people in your lives to uh, get into the hobby. And let's all share and uh, have a big aquarium love fest. And uh, we're going we're gonna to see if we can get you know, people like Big Rich to do a slice of raw turkey to feed to a catfish in honor of this. Oh, that thing would be fun, yeah. There's nothing more fun <laughs> than watching Rich get beat up on an aquarium <laughs> podcast, yeah. All right, guys, I think that's uh, that's it. Thank you again, and uh, let's kick that outro. Thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. Please visit us at AquariumGuysPodcast.com and listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're practically Thanks. everywhere. We're on Google. I mean, just go to your favorite place, Pocket Casts, subscribe to make sure it gets push notifications directly to your phone. Otherwise, Jim will be crying in his sleep. Can, can I listen to it in the in my treehouse? In your treehouse, in your fish room, even alone at work. What about at my man cave? Especially your man cave. Yeah. Only if Adam's there. No. With feeder guppies. No. No. They're endless. You midget loving sucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> Later.